0: Welcome to the broadcast. I am Jeff Shreve, pastor at First Baptist Church, Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight on American Family Radio at 6 p.m. Central Time. I'm filling in this week for Dan Celia. Dan is uh, dealing with some... Uh, physical issues with pneumonia. We want to pray for God's hand of healing to be upon him, but I'm excited to be here today. I'm joined in the studio with my lovely and beautiful wife, Debbie. Hello. (laughs) And we want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Happy, happy. Valentine's Day is a a day to celebrate love and sweethearts and express uh, affection for one another, especially in in marital love. And I was doing a a little research, you know, people have asked, well, how did that come about Valentine's day? Everybody knows about Valentine's day. And Debbie's going to share some statistics. It is insane how much money is spent on Valentine's day. Yes. But, uh, where did it all begin? But I do want you to spend some on (laughs) me. Yes, you do. Um, Where did it all begin? Well, I was doing a little bit of research, and my friend uh, Bill Federer, who is an amazing historian, uh, he sent an email. He sends emails out um, pretty much every day about historical things, and so he has one today about Saint Valentine's Day, and he said there was this this priest. There's a little little fuzzy on whether this guy was a priest in Rome or a bishop in central Italy, but his name was Valentine, and he was. Um, canonized by the Catholic Church, he became Saint Valentine. But uh, he stood up to the emperor on two counts. Uh, the emperor, there was uh, in in the third century, the the Goths were attacking the Romans, and uh, there was a, a plague that had hit. Uh, in, in that part of the world, probably smallpox. And like so a pandemic. It was, Yeah, but there this was a, a real thing. And they were having up to 5,000 people a day were dying. And so it was decimating the Roman army. And so Emperor, Cla- Emperor, Emperor Claudius II, he needed soldiers to fight. And so he said, soldiers fight better if they're not married. So he forbid their, the military to marry. And uh So Valentine said, well, that's bunk. And so he was marrying guys uh, kind of on the sly. And so he challenged the emperor there. And then he wouldn't burn incense and and, uh, say to the emperor, I worship you, you are a god, and I worship your pagan gods. So he got in hot water with the emperor. He was arrested and he was uh, condemned to death. And here's the interesting part. So the jailer knew about Valentine, and he knew he was a Christian. He asked him to pray for his blind daughter. And so Valentine prayed for her, for her healing, and God healed her. And the jailer gave his life to Christ. And right before his execution, Valentine wrote a note to this jailer's daughter, and he signed it, From Your Valentine. And so that kind of triggered things. He was beaten and beheaded on February 14th, 269 AD. And in 496 AD, Pope uh, Galatius designated February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. Now, Geoffrey Chaucer in or around the late 1300s, he wrote a poem about uh, birds that mate for life. And uh, did you know, Debbie, that ninety percent of birds are monogamous? Wow, I didn't know that either. That's that's, that's more than our population <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. but uh, he he wrote a poem about their mating, and he he did it in uh, mid-February. He said that's when they mate for life on St. Valentine's Day. And from there, it just kind of took off. Wow. So that is the history. That's the history
1: of it. Well, yeah. it has a long history. It does
0: a very long. So history. So, what did you what did you find out?
1: Well, I found out some very interesting pieces of information. And um, first one is this: How many marriage proposals do you think that there are on Valentine's Day, on average? A hundred. A hundred, Jeff. <laughs> a hundred Jeff, thousand. Jeff. Jeff, no. 220,000 marriage proposals on average on Valentine's Day. That's a lot. That's a whole, whole, whole lot. Um, How about this one? How many heart-shaped boxes of chocolates are sold typically on Valentine's Day? Now, that doesn't include all chocolates, just the heart-shaped ones.
0: I'd say in the
1: millions. Oh, for sure. 35 million heart-shaped boxes. Now, I have to say, Jeff awakened this morning to just a little bitty heart-shaped Valentine box, and this is so. This is one of the main differences between us. He instantly opens the box and eats two of the pieces of chocolate. It was before six a.m. that you did this. I felt
0: like I had to.
1: You, yeah, you felt pressured. Uh, yes. Yeah, but nothing like start, starting your day with just a, you know, a sugar rush. Um, okay, how about this one? How many roses are sent? Valentine's Day each year? Now, not purchased, but just
0: sent. 10 million.
1: No, 50 million. Talk about how many are purchased. 189 million stems of roses are purchased on average on Valentine's Day. Wow. That's a lot. That's a whole, whole, whole lot. A whole, whole lot. How about this one? And this, you're going to think this is a silly question, but it, it, it bears asking. How many people typically buy Valentine's for their pets.
0: I hope zero.
1: Mm-mm. A, l- a few more than zero. Okay. Nine million.
0: That's just dumb.
1: Oh, now, come on. You wouldn't want to get our puppies a little treat for Valentine's Day? No. N- no, you wouldn't want to. I- isn't that crazy? How much Could money you,
0: Now, how much money is spent on Valentine's Day? Did you look that I up? did
1: not. I don't know that I... I didn't find that anywhere, but I it would saw, have to be so much.
0: I saw a, a number that said $17 billion is spent.
1: Well, that would make sense if you look at how many roses, how many marriage proposals,
0: and you add right. all of those things. $17 billion. So obviously... Uh, it's been commercialized to the point where people said hey we can make money off of this deal sure which is amazing because it all started with the martyrdom <laughs> of a guy in the third century who dared to defy the emperor right but uh, well, how
1: about this one what percentage of men who are in a relationship don't make any advance plans for Valentine's Day
0: oh I think a lot 6four percent yeah. 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 So interesting guys, if you're listening and you've uh, got time, you, yeah, there's Valentine's day is it's the whole day, but you got to hurry. Day. Right. Um, I still remember a friend of ours in our Sunday school class years and years ago, uh, mother's day, uh, he didn't get anything for his wife who they, I think they had just one child at that time and she was so hurt and he's thinking, well, you're not my mother. Why do I get you anything? But, uh, he had to learn the hard way you better go get something i think he was out at 7 or 8 o'clock at night trying to find a mother's day gift which kind of loses some of the um, some of the steam right and you- i remember
1: telling you really early on number 1 i'm never going to tell you don't get me a gift i mean if i'm being honest i, I always want a gift right. but When women say, oh, don't get me anything. No, I don't want anything. They don't really mean that. No. Because they want to feel cherished. They want to feel loved. They want to feel special. And it doesn't have to be some, you know, massive dollar amount that you spend on it. But just that you've taken the time to think through that and get something that you know that we're going to like um, and that we can feel appreciated and feel loved. So guys, don't, don't believe your wife if she tells you, yeah, I don't want anything. Don't believe your girlfriend. Yeah, don't get me anything. I don't need anything. They don't really mean that.
0: No. And when we talk about love languages, you know, some people that is that their big love language is gifts. Right. Um, and other, other women and, and men, uh, their love language is words. So a card with Not just to your sweetheart's name and and you love, you know, Joe, but uh, a card where you write some things out and you say, hey, uh, I love you because of this and that and the other. You know, Debbie, one of the things you taught me was women love to know why you love them and not about just how pretty they are. Right. Although you like to be told how pretty you are. Right. But something about your character. Right. Something about your your thoughtfulness or your uh, industriousness or your ability to create beauty and make a, a place look really, really nice. Um, you, you have all those things. Oh, so that's so sweet, I'm declaring baby. that before the world. Okay, thank uh,
1: you. Baby. Okay, but that doesn't count as your gift.
0: No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about love and uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when we come back, please don't go away. We're going to have a great time.
2: Sandy Rios.
1: The founders, when they wrote the Constitution, for instance, they based their three branches of government on the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They based so much of our law on Christian principles, like do not kill, do not steal. It mirrored Judeo-Christian principles as found in the Ten Commandments and other things in Scripture.
2: Sandy Rios in the Morning, weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio.
4: Your faith in Christ informs your opinions about everything.
2: Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org.
0: and welcome back to the broadcast. My name is Jeff Shreve. I'm filling in this week for Dan Celia, and we're praying for Dan that the Lord would bring healing to him as he deals with pneumonia and some other issues. And uh, Dan has a program, as you know, about financial issues. Uh, I'm not great with uh, financial things, although I I like to save money. I don't like to spend money. But uh, when it comes to stocks and bonds, I have this incredible knack of buying high and selling low. It's not a good formula for uh, financial success. But I'm in the studio today with my wife, Debbie, and we are talking about love with this being uh, Valentine's Day. And we just want to encourage our listeners uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's known as the love chapter. It was uh, it was just not given to the church as an independent, hey, here's your little love chapter. Uh, it was talking about difficulties in the church and it was talking about spiritual gifts. And then he breaks in and says, hey, love is critical. But I just wanted to read some of these because it, it does uh, speak directly to our hearts about uh, how we express ourselves to our family members, to our friends, especially to our spouses. So the scripture says, love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Debbie, let's talk about those adjectives and the way that Paul describes love, uh, the first one. And, And see, all of those deal with, you can take out love and put in the name Jesus because Jesus is God and God is love and Jesus is all these things to us. But he wants us to act in love toward one another. So how about patient? How, how well uh, am I doing with being patient? Oh, are we going to be getting grades today? Well, oh, no, not grades.
1: I think patience is so important because it... it um it just illustrates to me when you're being patient with me that you're going to stick with me through thick and thin. So if if I am acting in such a way that is requiring you to be patient with me, and you are patient with me, it gives me such a sense of security because I realize that, okay, even when I'm acting the fool, (laughs) you're you're sticking around and you're still my teammate. And um, I think that's important for us to remember, particularly when it comes to God's love for us, that he is so incredibly patient with us and he sticks with us. He's a friend that's closer than a brother. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us.
0: Right. You know, I think about this too. So opposites attract. We, we, we're attracted to our spouse because they're different from us and they have not just, um, you're a woman and I'm a man and we're different that way, obviously, but your personality is way different from mine. And so you have things that I don't have and I find those very, very attractive. I love your organizational skills. I love the way you can look at something and, and know how to arrange a room and what needs to go where and, and all that. And the way you create beauty is just amazing because because I'm not like that. But as opposites attract, then opposites can attack. And the things that I do well that you don't do well, I can get frustrated if I'm not careful because why doesn't she know how to do this? Right. I mean, it's just second nature to me. But it's not to you because you're different from, from that. Right. And, uh, and you can get that way to me, like putting up the dishes. Right. How does he not know where this bowl goes?
1: Right. Yeah. After we've lived in this house for 10 years and it's never moved. How on earth do you not still know
0: it, where this bowl goes? It, it's just information that doesn't stick. Right.
1: But, you know, I, I think about that as you were talking and Yes, that's important in a marriage relationship, but that's important in every relationship. It transfers over to our relationship with our children, with our relationship with our coworkers, with our relationship with our friends, that we are going to have opposites (laughs) that we are friends with, because again, we're attracted to people who are different from us. And so... Just to have that patience in all of those scenarios, not just in a marriage relationship, because we need to be patient with our children, patient with our coworkers, patient with our friends, because... There are going to be times where they're going to do things that are just going to irk us and get on our last nerve. And so it's important that we show that love in all of
0: those situations. Right. And we want God. We we are so grateful that God is patient with us, that he's kind to us. I, I think about Jonah, how God was so merciful and gracious and kind and compassionate to Jonah. And Jonah wanted God to be that to him. He desperately needed God to be that to him. But Jonah wasn't that way to the Assyrians who lived in Nineveh. He wanted them to fry. He didn't want them to have any mercy, any grace. Uh, He just wanted God to destroy them. So it's like well, you want God to be good to you, but you don't want to reciprocate and be good to others and say, you know, it's it's like the the story of the uh, servant that owed 10,000 right. talents and he was forgiven, yet he found his fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii and grabbed him by the throat, pay me what you, what you owe. And the Lord says to him, or the, the master says to him in that parable, I had compassion on you. I forgave you. You should forgive your fellow servant. And so Uh, When we think about Jesus being patient with us, well, he wants us to be patient with others. Jesus is kind to us. He wants us to be kind to, especially to the people we live with. Sometimes we can be kinder to total strangers than we are to the people that we say, uh, you know, I love you and I've given my life to, to be with you and we're not very kind. Right. That doesn't make much sense.
1: No, but I think it's because uh, we can be kind to people we don't know because it's just a snippet of time. <laughs> we're, we're with our family all the time, you right. know, um, and so those people that we're just with for snippets of time, we can we can fake things for little snippets. Right. But over the long haul, you, you're not able to fake it that long.
0: How about this one? Love is not jealous. Mm. You, uh, one of the things I love about you is you've never been jealous.
1: Yes. That, I, I have my things I struggle with. That just doesn't happen to be one of them that I
0: struggle with. Okay. So so why do you, so many women can be so jealous. Right. And you're not jealous. So what's the difference?
1: That's a good question. I don't even know if I have an answer to that. I, I, I just innately in my temperament, my God-given temperament that he's given me, I just don't struggle with that. And so I have a hard time even understanding how people do struggle with that because- I'm just not wired that way. Uh-huh. Um but I think some of it can come from insecurities. When you uh when you don't feel confident in who God has made you to be and you're comparing yourself, you can become jealous of how someone treats you, you how they treat you compared to how they treat someone else. You can become jealous of possessions that someone has this and you don't have it. Um but i that's just not a particular thing that I that I struggle with. I think out of the two of us, you probably struggle with that a little more than I do. And you don't even dramatically struggle with that. But
0: Well, I have to fight against that. You know, preachers can be the mm-hmm. worst at yes, being can. jealous of other preachers. Right. And, uh, you know, God, why are you blessing him and not blessing me? And um, I think the more competitive you naturally are, because um, you're not very competitive. I'm not
1: competitive at all.
0: You can get that. You know, what's interesting too is that, uh, so this this describes the Lord. He's patient. He's kind. He's not jealous. And people say, oh, wait a minute, because the scripture says, I am a jealous God. And so how do you reconcile those two? Here's the way you reconcile it. When we're jealous, we're jealous of someone else. I'm jealous of you because you are smarter than I am. You're more successful than I am. You have a bigger church than I do. You have your, your car is nicer than my, whatever it might be. We're jealous of people. God is not never jealous of people. He's jealous for people. He wants what's best for you and for me. So he's jealous of our hearts because he knows what's best for us is him. And we're never going to find uh, satisfaction in life apart from him because he made us for himself as augustine said lord you you've made us for yourself and and our souls will never find rest until they rest in you and so jealousy can destroy a relationship right and je- to to combat jealousy you have to have trust and uh when there's not trust or you've done something as a husband as a wife to sabotage the trust you have to rebuild it. And that takes time. Right. And that can be very, very difficult. And uh, so. Well,
1: and I think, too, even coming from the, the pastor perspective, um, so many pastors' wives struggle with that because their husbands are in positions of of dealing with, with women that are distraught, that are hurt, that are wounded. Um, they're dealing with women like that quite often. You, they're going through a hard time and they come to their pastor for counseling and those kind of things right. and so i think um just as a demographic pastors wives have to really guard against that and and um make sure that they that they're trusting their husbands and that he needs to make sure that he's worthy of their trust
0: <laughs> well and and pastors need to be careful because women can come in with their problems and um, that pastor can find that woman physically attractive. That doesn't mean he's doing anything. He's just like, she's pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be careful with the ones that you think are pretty. You want to keep your distance from the ones that you think are pretty. And in a counseling situation where it's just you and that other person and they may be sharing personal things, uh, that can connect you emotionally with that person. And so one of the great things uh, that I have found is is if you're able, you get a, a woman in your church that's able to counsel um, and give her training, let her counsel the women. Or, you know, in our church, we have um, Chris and Rochelle Schroeder that do so much of the counseling. Women tend to be more attracted to the pastor just as in his position. They kind of look at a counselor different from the pastor. And so pastors need to safeguard themselves uh, from falling into temptation. And, uh, and creating an, an opportunity for their wives to get legitimately jealous because right they hey, you're, you, you talk about her a lot. You seem to be spending a lot of time with her. And, uh, you know, the old song, I only have eyes for you. Um, you know, once you choose your love, then you love your choice. And you only have eyes for your choice and for your spouse. And so Debbie and I are filling in today for Dan. We're talking about love this Valentine's Day. And so don't go away. We'll be back right after the break. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, That is the mission of the Christian Worldview radio program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at nine Eastern, eight Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at nine Eastern, eight Central, right here on American Family Radio.
2: They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available.
4: Learn more at AFA.net. You know, we fill up our spiritual heritage tours each year several months in advance. So we're letting you know now. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. I know a lot of folks make their plans for travel, for vacation and such early in the year. And you have to take off for work and things of that nature. So we're letting you know when our June and September tours are. Just go to our website, spiritualheritagetours.com. spiritualheritagetours.com. There's two tours. There's one to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. And then there's a separate trip, but they're back-to-back to to Washington, D.C. and to George Washington's Mount Vernon. So if you want to go on those tours with us, just go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com stewards.com and check out all the info. Hi,
0: and welcome back to the broadcast. I am Pastor Jeff Shreve, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight on American Family Radio at 6 p.m. Central Time. I'm here in the studio with my wife, Debbie. We're filling in for Dan Celia as we pray for God's hand of healing to be upon him. Well, Debbie and I are talking this Valentine's Day. We're talking about love, and we're talking about love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and all the different things that God says love is. So now let's talk about, Debbie, love does not brag, love is not arrogant, love is not rude. Uh critical in a marriage that it's not a question of it's all about me. It has to be about the other person.
1: Right. And it's, it's so contrary to our nature, right? Right. Because just in ourselves, we are just by nature, extremely selfish beings. I mean, you think about that, even with an infant, me, mine, 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 they, they want to be uh, have their needs met instantly they're screaming they want the bottle instantly and and so that you come into this world just as a selfish being and uh, as you journey through this life hopefully once you have a, a saving relationship with christ he he's doing a work in you to rid you of some of that selfishness and to help you to be more selfless but it's uh it's very difficult to be around real selfish people they're not People that you're just drawn to, and you think, "Oh, they're they're just so selfish." I just can't can't wait to get to know them and to spend some time with them. And uh, it can be real easy in relationships in general to just get really selfish. You know, I I never thought I was a selfish person until we had our first child, and when Jill got here, I realized very quickly. Man, I am so selfish because I was just so overwhelmed with the fact that I didn't have any me time. She was demanding everything and I had to sacrifice anything I wanted to do to make sure that I took care of her. And um, it really was an eye opening experience for me to realize, hey, you may think you don't struggle with selfishness, but oh, girl, how wrong are you? Mm -hmm. You're very selfish. So it's something that, you know, you have to be constantly on guard against.
0: Well, it is. And, uh, you know, I, between the two of us, I struggle a lot more with selfishness than you do. And uh, I think guys in general, um, because, hey, it's I'm the king of the castle type in mentality. And, uh, you know, that it, it, things revolve around me. If you're going to have a great marriage, you have to put the other person First, somebody has said, what is joy? The acrostic, Jesus first, others second, you last. And if you'll live your life that way, you'll have joy because it's not about you. It's about the Lord's glory and it's about serving other people. And one of the key persons to serve is your spouse and your children, the people you are closest to. And so uh, love Uh, it doesn't brag. It's not, Hey, look how great I am. It's not arrogant. That is just very off putting and it's not rude. And you know, that kind of ties in with kindness. You see uh, how people can be with waiters and waitresses with how how they can be with the checkout clerks at the grocery store or at the department store. And it's, uh, I've always, maintained, hey, I can be a blessing to this person. I don't know what's going on in their life. Maybe they're having a really bad day. Maybe they're just trying to hold it together and uh, they're about ready to cry because their life is falling apart. I can speak a word of encouragement to them. You know, uh, Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. To, to build up, not to tear down, according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. People love to be around somebody who encourages them, who is kind to them, who is patient with them.
1: Especially someone that you live with that's, that sees you warts and all. Right. You know, that, that you're patient with them. And I was thinking as you were talking about it, you know, we, we have an enemy who wants us to think that it's all about us. Right. He wants us to think that. And so when it's not all about us, he's whispering in our ear that's so unfair. You you've been you're treat being treated so poorly. This isn't right. You need to seek some justice for yourself because this is just unfair and not right. And so he uh he comes at us in such a way that is completely counter to what God's description of love is. And so we have to be constantly on guard about that and, and real sensitive to the times that um, we are starting to kind of be selfish and all consumed with ourselves and wrapped up in ourselves and ask the Lord to, to tender our hearts towards that so we're aware of when we're being that way.
0: Right. Now, it also says that love is not provoked. It's not easily stirred up. It's not easily agitated. Uh, How critical is that in marriage especially, that we cut each other slack, that we're not just uh, our anger meters not riding on a nine and when it hits 10, you go ballistic. Uh, Lots of people have that because there's some hurt in the marriage. There's some bitterness underlying resentment and bitterness there that they've never dealt with so they take into account a wrong suffered and they've never let that go that destroys more marriages and more families is hurt feelings that never get resolved
1: right it's so important to deal with those things and to uh recognize even in yourself like man i'm 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 really being easily offended lately. Mm -hmm. You know, just the littlest of things are really getting under my skin. That's just time to take a good look in the mirror and get before the Lord and say, hey, what's going on in my heart that maybe I'm not even aware of? Make me aware of that because I don't want to feel that way. I mean, what a horrible way to live, to just always be so easily offended and put off by so many things. And, uh, you know, you, we've been around people like that. You have, I have. And it's, again, it's it's not an attractive feedback. Uh, feature and those people are very nerve wracking to be around because you're just always walking on eggshells, not knowing what you're going to do that might potentially just set them off and offend them. And um, I think you have to be really on guard about that, especially um, in in your relationships.
0: Right. Well, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter uh, four, chapter four. Yes, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil a place. Now, those are connected because if in marriage you and your spouse get crossways on something and you don't resolve it, you go to bed mad at each other and it's just icy cold in the bed because she's mad at you, you're mad at her, and you're not talking about it. You let the sun go down on your anger. If you allow that to happen night after night after night, As that one couple, dear friends of ours, they said they didn't speak to each other for three days because they were so mad at each other. That's a long time. Well, what the the anger turns to resentment and the resentment can turn to bitterness and the bitterness is going to destroy. It's like a cancer of the soul that just destroys everything. And uh, we've all been uh, around at times bitter people and they're just awful. It's just you don't want to be around a bitter person. They're always griping and complaining about something and the problem is within their own hearts. They're bitter. And so very very important in marriage to be able to talk things out and share your feelings and not accuse the other person but say just say hey, um, you hurt my feelings when you did x and, and we need to work this out.
1: Well, and I think also just In in your family and in your other relationships, you you have to be able to have a level of communication that opens the door to be able to talk through issues like that. If you're really going to have deep relationships with people now, surface relationships, hmm, you know, those come and go, but I mean, those people that are your, that are in your circle, you need to to be able to have a, a level of communication where you can talk about deeper issues. You can talk about deeper hurts. You can let someone know, Hey, when you said this to me, it made me feel this way. And then that really hurt me. And I, I I want us to get this worked out because I I value you. I value your friendship and I don't want there to be a wedge there between the two of us.
0: Well, I've noticed with, with men, especially, it's hard for them to really let their guard down and and tell their wives, Hey, you hurt me here because we don't want to come across as vulnerable. We want to be, hey, I'm strong, I'm impregnable, you, you can't do anything to hurt me, and that's a lie. Our wives can hurt us, and we need to let them know when they do, and a wife needs to let her husband know when he does. I've always maintained this, you know, we didn't get married. I didn't marry you to hurt you. Uh, I married you because I love you, and I don't want to do things that hurt you. And so in marriage, it helps so much when we're honest with the other person. And, uh, you know, um, uh, our friend Ada Ferguson used to say there are nickel offenses and there are, you know, million dollar offenses. You, you got to deal with it. Not everything is a hill worth dying on. So if it's a nickel offense, you just let that go. Hey, he forgot to, he forgot to take out the trash. I'm not going to scream and go crazy. Um unless he keeps doing it, uh, but but you know what I mean, you know, and so uh, we have to decide what is what is the, the the worth getting angry over and what is legitimate and what is not, and then we, we work it out and we deal with it so we can go to bed loving each other and not mad at each other and we don't let bitterness get into the relationship.
1: Jeff, let's talk for a minute about um, nonverbal ways that we can be rude.
0: Well, we can talk about that okay. in just a minute. All I right. want to give our number out um, because we're going to be taking calls in the in the uh, next segment. 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And uh, when we come back after the break in just a, a couple of minutes, we would love to take your calls and uh, and talk to you about what's on your heart this Valentine's Day. Uh nonverbal cues, I think that is kind of related to me.
1: No, just in general.
0: Well, okay.
1: Yeah. I'm not pointing all but the fingers <laughs> at you. Just yeah, I, a few.
0: The the rolling of the eyes and the sighs. Guys are bad at that. I'm bad at that. Jill called me out, our oldest daughter, one time, and she said, Dad, you're doing that thing again. I said, what thing? That thing where you roll your eyes. I hate that. Right. Because that rolling of the eyes speaks volumes. Like yes. uh, I think this is so stupid. Right. Um, so, yeah. how how do we, Debbie? How do we as men not do that?
1: Just have to be aware that you do do it, and just say, mm, "Lord, help me with this. Help me with this." Right. Because it's 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 definitely can come across very rude and very hurtful and very dismissive.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a. Uh, It's definitely acting unbecomingly, and uh, sometimes we're not even aware of it. It's like, I didn't say anything. It's like, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. Your body language said everything. Yeah. And so uh, we don't want to be like that, guys. And we want to, uh, to love like we mean it and to make a big difference in our marriages and in our families. So don't go away. We'll be back right after the break. God bless you. AFA Exxon.
2: Repairing the Foundation. Announcing afa.net slash connect. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American
0: Family Studio. And
2: to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at afa.net slash connect. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org.
4: Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley, I know Dan Celia uh, works with us at the AFA Foundation. In fact, he advises you guys all the time, and you hear about him talk about the AFA Foundation on his radio program. Uh, so you work closely with Dan?
3: Yes, sir, I do, and so it, so does Chelsea and Jessica.
4: So Dan Celia of, of Financial Issues, a charitable gift annuity is probably the most popular product, if you will, that you guys offer in the AFA Foundation. What does that do?
3: You basically give a lump sum to AFA and then in return you receive a fixed amount uh, coming back to them for the rest of their life. And then when they pass away, the money is left to AFA to um, leave a legacy.
2: Contact Riley Wildman and her staff at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension
0: 345. Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, along with my wife, Debbie. We're talking about love this Valentine's Day. And uh, Debbie, you said something great after the, right during the break about what we need to remember.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important for us to remember that we absolutely are incapable of loving like this on our own. And it is only by the Holy Spirit living within, within us that we're able to love that way. And people are going to always let us down. And so if our foundation of love does not come from God... We're just always going to be off a degree or two at least, and so it's it's so important to just always remember that God's love is the only love that is not going to let us down. That right. is going to be completely faithful, completely true, um, completely unwavering. And uh, when we when we seek to have that kind of love given to us from human beings on this earth, we are going to get disappointed because they're incapable of giving it. So it always goes back to that foundational truth that in him is fullness of joy. And in him is where we find those things that our soul so desperately longs for.
0: Right. Well, I I always think about Romans chapter five, too. It says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us. And so uh, every Christian has the ability to love Because God, who is love, lives inside. And so we have these people that are difficult people. It's like, Lord, I don't love this person, but you do. So love them through me. And that could be a boss. That could be uh, some cubicle mate at work. That could be somebody at school that's very, very difficult. Um, Whoever it might be, God loves that person. And so you just rely upon the Lord. Lord, love them through me.
1: Well, and that our worth comes from that love that God gives us. That's where our worth comes from, not from, right. from other people. And so it, it's so important, especially in this culture, when our culture tells us the complete opposite of that, to just always be cognizant of that fact that that's where our worth and value comes from, because we were created in God's image and He loves us.
0: Right. Well, we're taking calls this uh this segment 18885898840 and we have Sheila from Texas on the line. Sheila, welcome to the broadcast.
3: Hey, thank you very much. Um I appreciate everything y'all are doing. Um I just wanted to comment uh earlier in the first segment there you, you were talking about how uh Debbie uh didn't have a jealous nature and I you know, a lot of people don't, but I think as spouses, we could do things to incite jealousy in our spouses. For and, sure. Um, and I, I think that's just something that, you know, if, if we're doing that, we need to uh, pray and ask God to give us strength to stop doing it. I think it's insecurity on both parts. If you would uh, try to make your spouse jealous and or if uh, you're jealous for, you know, your own reasons or whatever. So
0: I just wanted to comment on that. Yeah, no, that's a great comment. Thank you, Sheila. I appreciate that. Yeah, I remember uh, dating a girl in high school who was hyper jealous. And if I ever talked to another girl, she was, uh, she was just super mad. And it was just, it was just, uh, you know, exasperating because it's like, Good night. You know, if I talk to the seventy-five-year-old teacher in social studies, you're you're jealous, and so sometimes it can be overboard. But you're exactly right, Sheila. We don't want in marriage. We don't want to do anything that would trigger that in our spouses, because um, if we're giving a lot of attention to somebody of the opposite sex, um, that's naturally going to to cause some insecurities in your spouse, and so.
1: Well, I think too. I was I was just thinking this. For me, I am i don't necessarily get jealous with you with other people, but I can get jealous of you with the time you spend on your phone or on your iPad. Mm-hmm. So I can I can get jealous. It's just not of another human, if that makes sense. And, right. and so it, it, it's still something I have to, to guard against and you have to guard against, too, to right. not be on some device all the time to where I'm I'm feeling like I'm coming in third or fourth in your life. Right. right. Um, and so, um, yeah, you don't need to incite that, but then I, I need to be patient with that as well and, and talk to you in such a way to let you know that, Hey, watch out. This is yeah. starting to bother me.
0: I talked to a friend of mine who's uh, got a young, beautiful wife, two little kids, and he is, uh, he's very into his job. He does a great job with what uh, the Lord has given him to do. But he takes his phone t- into the bedroom with them, and he's answering emails at eleven, twelve o'clock at night. And I told, and he said his wife hates that. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah, take mm-hmm. don't don't bring your phone into the bedroom. Have that be a no phone zone. So it's just you and your wife, and you guys can talk at night and." Um, you know, before you go to sleep and, and there's not other things interrupting. Well, we're taking calls. If you would like to uh, discuss some of these things with us, we would love to talk to you. 1-888-589-8840 is the number to call. We've been talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, one of the things that it says in verse 6, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. That is such a key verse, especially in our world today, because we have people that uh, say, you know, love is love. It's all about love. And, you know, if you don't agree with with my sinful decisions, then you don't love me. Um, So if you're invited, as one pastor was asked on national television, if you were invited to a gay wedding, would you attend? And the pastor said, well, yes, I would, because I would want to support the couple. And it's like First First Corinthians 13, 6. I wouldn't based on that verse. I don't rejoice in unrighteousness. I rejoice only in the truth. And that is something that's an affront to God. Uh, he says it's an abomination to him. So h- how would you rejoice in that? Now, I tell our church, I said, listen, anytime a person attaches sin to their personhood, this is who I am. And they say, God is going to have to accept me uh, for who I am. And I am this way. Uh, you attach sin to your personhood. You can never be made right with God because the Lord hates sin. You are not your sin. You commit sin and we commit all kinds of different sins, but you never want to attach that sin to your personhood because love is God's love can't rejoice in unrighteousness. It only rejoices in the truth. Well, we have uh, Stephen from Arkansas. Stephen, you're on the broadcast. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
2: Excellent. I just wanted to comment on the fact that we know that Satan is the father of lies. And one of the greatest lies that he has successfully told people throughout the world is sticks and stones may break my bones,
3: but words will never hurt me. I want to remind everyone
2: that it's the words that you use and the way that you use them and how hurtful you can be. And just sometimes hold your tongue and maybe raise your eyebrow before you raise your voice.
0: Mm. That's a great word. A great word. that—that That is exactly true. You know, people can remember things, hurtful things that were said to them uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who said that his his father was uh, just so rude to him. And uh, he said to him one day, son, you're so stupid. You couldn't pour water out of a boot if the directions were written on the heel. Oh, ouch. And he was probably five or six, seven years old when that happened. And I was talking to him. He's in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Still and remembered. Him. It's it's still a wound like it happened yesterday.
1: You know, I, I had heard this last night at a, a banquet I was at and I had remi- was reminded of it because the statistic is that for every one negative word that someone has spoken to you that you have just taken in and 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 ruminated over, it takes a minimum of five positive things to push that out of your mind again. And so our words are so extremely
0: powerful. Well, that's why it's so important to spend time in the word of God and hear the things that he says about us. Right. And so we can fill our hearts with that. Well, we have Tilly calling from Texas. Tilly, welcome to the broadcast this morning.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I just I, I did have this question, and I'm not even exactly sure how to put it, but, like, when I do take my husband, my hurts, like, what you said hurt my feelings, or, you know, what you did really made me angry, like, I don't know if it's just because he doesn't know what to do with it, but, like, he does nothing. Like, even if he misses a birthday or a Mother's Day or something, uh, you know, I try to give him grace because I know sometimes men forget dates, but... Like he won't even make it up to me. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Because lately I've just been getting angry and I know that's not from God, but what what can I do to help him help me, I guess, is my question.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question, Tilly. Okay, so a couple of things that I think would be helpful. If you can express your feelings in a way that he can understand those, uh Debbie, and I, when we had our first child, uh, I still wanted to go and do things, play basketball, come home after work and just be gone. And she was at home with the baby all day. She wanted me to be home. And we used to fight about that because like, why are you forcing me to, to abandon my fun? And uh, then she put it in a, in a way that I understood. She said, what would it be like if your friends all got together to play basketball and they didn't invite you? I said, well, that, why would they do that? That would really hurt. And she said, that's what you're doing to me. And all of a sudden the light came on and I understood what I was doing and I was so sorry. So rather than nag him, and I'm not saying you're doing that, but present it to him in a way that he can understand. And then, uh, just give him ideas and ways that he can really minister to you. Cause most of the time men don't, We don't know what to do, and so you can help us so much with that. Well, thank you for being with us today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, Pam Tebow, Tim Tebow's mother, will be our special guest as we talk about parenting. So make it a great day. God bless you.